Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. I am your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is Fortunate Son by Credence Clearwater Revival, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Christian Lance. Christian is the heavyweight for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and in this episode, we touch on how he handles the pressure when the duel is on the line, the impact of Tervel Delognev joining the coaching staff, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Christian Lance. All right. I am here with heavyweight Christian Lance of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yes. Christian, how's it going? Good. Happy to be here. Good, good. Happy to have you on. How's, yeah. how's your winter break been going? It's been good. Yeah. We've been training like crazy, eating, yeah. sleeping. <laughs> I'm stoked. Nice. Ready for the second half of the year? It started oh, yeah. on, on Friday. Yep, yep. I'm ready. I mean, yeah. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. We've been training good. I mean, all the guys are ready. Yeah. We've all been training. It's good. Uh, you guys had a, a duel canceled, the South Dakota State duel. Yes. So that gave you almost a month off between competition. Yeah. What, what was that like? I mean, to- I think me personally, I felt I felt fine. I you know I have I have like hard hard match simulations in practice, pretty consistently going with you know our coach Turvell and all the guys around my weight. I have you know hard you know hard 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 looks from everybody but i think there was a few guys who it did it did kind of bother them a little bit like having such a long like you said a long break from not only competition but we also had christmas break off too mm-hmm, so guys went home for a week right. and i'm sure pretty much everybody was training mm-hmm. but you know you're you're training with high schoolers you're training with like whoever's like, you know your local training partners yeah. like back home it's different it is different and it's it's just not the same look as you get in like a tough big 10 division one room mm-hmm. it's not it's not the same feel like it's not the it's not the same buzz you get yeah. before practice because you ne- you never have to worry about getting taken down by some high schooler you know? <laughs> yeah. it's just like oh i'm just gonna go beat the heck out of some kids and then i'm gonna scratch and you know yeah it's you're never getting like a hard look so i think having that week off back home and then just only one week of hard training really that did affect some guys yeah. And the guys who have to cut weight, too. True. That's, you know, it's tougher on them. It's, it's no big deal for me because mm-hmm. I'm heavyweight, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm like 30 pounds under. <laughs> but you got to keep, you probably still have to keep some level of control for oh, yourself yeah. even, though you have, you know, yeah. you're the heavyweight. Yeah, you have a lot of weight to gain to go yeah. be over, but you can't go crazy. I'm sure no. Manny would be upset if you could. Oh, yeah. So how how is that being the heavyweight? How do you kind of balance that? Well, it's... <laughs> For me, it's it's not a big deal, and they, they would never have to worry about that because mm-hmm. I've I'm, I'm always, like, prided myself in my discipline, mm-hmm. especially with my diet. Even though I could stuff my face mm-hmm. and go eat Twinkies and whatever the hell I want, yeah. ice creams or whatever, I don't just because, you know, I'm, I'm just a fairly disciplined person just by my nature. And then, you know, I obviously I want to perform well. Yeah. So if I take a whole week and I'm eating like crap, I'm going to come back and – get beat up mm-hmm. you know and, and i have to i have to worry about not only getting beat up in in competition <laughs> like my coach turbo is gonna yeah. beat me up too <laughs> yeah. so i gotta be on my on my game every day that you, you mentioned turbo now twice here that's 
he just came in this year. Yeah. That's got to be a big boost for you oh, yeah. in the room. Yeah. Like you just said, you got to be on your game. Yeah. If you're not, it's going to be a long practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he, he is a little older. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he's in his, you know, mid to late 30s, but he still scraps. Yeah. Like there's no tomorrow. He's still the big dog in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, if, if I'm not 100% dialed in, if my mind's not right, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long practice. Yeah. And his his hand fight, his pressure, his shot count. I mean, he's. It feels like he's he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he he can go with anybody. He could go with the small guys. He could go with me. And he could give everybody a good look. So. Yeah, I mean, being able to go with him consistently, mm-hmm. just wrestling with such a high level guy. I mean, I have pretty much no choice but to get better. Yeah, and it's shown. I mean, you start out the season, you're eleven and one already. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Drastic improvement, it seems yeah. like. Um, try, so, try yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, so Travell uh, comes over from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has he kind of brought to the room for you personally? For me personally, the biggest, like just from a wrestling technique perspective, the biggest thing is his hand fight. Mm-hmm. Probably, well, probably two things. Mm-hmm. His hand fight and his leg defense. So Interesting. So the biggest thing with his hand fight, because typically when people think of hand fighting, Mm -hmm. like in wrestling, they think of just like I'm a strong guy. I'm just going to I'm just going to beat you up. Yeah. I'm going to pound the head. I'm going to pound you. Ah, Tough guy. Yeah. And he, you know, he showed to us, you know, as a team, that's not the case. Hand fighting is the same thing as, you know, leg attacks. Same thing as leg defense. Same thing. There's a there's a technique and there's a progression and there's a you know, if you follow this progression, this will likely be the outcome. And you can you know, there's it's a science. Yeah. He has like a scientific approach to (laughs) hand fighting. Whereas, you know, my whole like wrestling career up until this point, like when when the coaches are like, all right, 30 second hand fighting go. I'm like, okay, it's pretty much just a boxing match. Right. Like, we're just going to beat the heck. We're going to club each other, and we're going to be bloodied and bruised, and we're just going to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a tough guy competition. Yeah. You know, he showed to us that, you know, while there is that component, you have to be a tough guy to be good at hand fighting because mm-hmm. your arms are going to get tired, your neck's going to get tired, your back, you know, everything's going to get tired. But, you know, if you follow this progression, like I said, I'm being redundant, but mm-hmm. if you follow this progression, you know, there's, you know, there's things will happen and there's, a, you know, science. Yeah. And so, okay, especially at heavyweight, like that's a big part of your game Absolutely. is, is hand fight, head and hand yes. fight, you know, um, because you got to be able to move him to get to your leg attack. Exactly. Because of the weight, you know, like you're at 25, if you just dive right in. You can kind of get and scramble yeah, your way out, yeah. but if you dive in on heavyweight, yeah, yeah, yeah. for long, you're gonna be a pancake. Yeah, exactly, pancake on the map. So, um, so that's yeah, that's interesting. That's that it is. It is actually a science. Yeah, you know? I mean, because you know, following like his his hand fighting principles, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, it, you 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 can help set the guy up, but also. You know, if because his his big thing is collar tie, mm-hmm. which it sounds like a simple mm-hmm. thing, but you know he has so many nuances, ways to get to the collar tie. What you do when you get to a collar tie, what you do when he clears your collar. You know, there's so many, you know, there's so many things that that he has. You know, like routes to to get to and routes to, you know, to get you know from. 
And, you know, it, it sets your shots up, but it also breaks the guy's position. So it, it helps, it helps your offense, but also your defense. Mm -hmm. So it just, it makes you like a fortress. You're (laughs) like an impenetrable fortress. (laughs) If you're, if you follow Turville's hand fighting, you know, his, his techniques, it's high level stuff. Yes, it is. It is. Cause I mean, I, I even think you say it does sound so simple, which it does, but some of the simplest slap on a collar tie and pull on them. But no, there's a, you know, there's a hundred things and it's taken me months and months and months and months of collar tying and I still don't know everything. Right. It's going to probably take me years so I figure out how to do a good collar tie. Yeah. And I practice it every day mm-hmm. against high level guys. I still, my collar tie is still not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Turbell slips my collar tie in one second oh, and I've been practicing yeah. it for months, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, man. So, Travell, um, yeah, obviously coming over. And then, so, you wrestle heavyweight, 285 is the max. Yeah. Um, what's it like wrestling a fluctuation of different guys yeah. that could weigh anywhere? I mean, you wrestled Michael Wolf yeah. from Purdue. I mean, he looked all of 197. <laughs> yeah, know? I so think what's yeah, it he like? was like 215 pounds. What's it like What's to wrestle that big of a weight disparity? Yeah. You know? it, it, it is weird sometimes because – like, especially against, like, the Purdue guy. Like, I remember, like, looking, like, at him. Like, looking at him in his stance. And I was like, whoa, this guy's small. Yeah. Like, just thinking that. And it was weird. Like, it took me, like, like the first minute and a half of the match. Like, it was like, I was really kind of feeling it out. Because I was like, you know, he's pretty small. Maybe his feet will be quick. And I was like, uh, uh. And he was, he was like, real low to the ground. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it is kind of a weird thing. Because, like, you know, every day. I practice my shots on a guy who typically is like, you know, 245 to 265. Yeah. So when you, when I, when I hit somebody's leg, you know, and I feel the weight of like 245 or 265, and then I wrestle in a match, (coughs) excuse me, I guess a guy who's like 215, it feels totally different. Yeah. Like the legs real small, it's real, it's real close to you, so it is, it is, it can make your technique feel different. And then sometimes you shoot under a guy, it's a, you feel the weight of the world, and then sometimes you shoot under a guy and he's coming over the top of you. So, I mean, heavyweight's like very unique in that perspective mm-hmm. where you know you have to be ready for lots of different things, and it's it's different like in a duel situation where I know who I'm going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can prepare. Like in a tournament setting, I could have one match, the guy weighs 197.1, next match, the guy weighs 285 flat. And it's it's a huge fluctuation, like you said. But I feel like like my weight and my style that I'm at right now, I'm like usually 255, 260. I'm well equipped enough to handle like, you know, against most guys, like whatever, whatever they can throw at me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, qu- I'm quick enough to where, you know, I can hang with the small guys and then I have enough like mass to me where I could, I could scrap with the, the biggest dudes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point about tournaments. You know, yeah. like you said, the, the duel, you know, who you're going to wrestle in the tournament. You, yeah. You don't know. No. So that's a unique point that you have to almost be ready for anything. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, when it you is. actually like start thinking about about it um because yeah, you know pretty much any other weight class you're like okay this guy's gonna probably weigh in like a pound or 0.5 mm-hmm. under yeah you know for the most part he's gonna be my exact same size mm-hmm. heavyweight is like it could be a huge difference yeah. yeah but for me most of the time 
most of the people I wrestle are lighter than me. Mm-hmm. Like most of the best guys are not going to be 285. Yeah, right. It's just, it's too big. It's too much weight to carry on your frame to be athletic. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, unless you're like six foot five, <laughs> it's going to be hard to be 285.0 pounds and be athletic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, uh, excuse me, it's interesting you bring that up because um, I was just talking to my dad a little bit ago about the evolution of yeah. the heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, they were kind of just a bigger, bigger guy that just wrestled and pushed people around. But now over the years, it's kind of slimmed down and they almost look like linebackers. And they're quick and scrappy. And you said leg defense. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're throwing the legs in now. So it's just... How, how have you kind of adapted to that over the time? Yeah. Because even when you started wrestling, it's probably Yeah, like, you know, not really. Like, for me, like, I, I was already, like, in the generation where, like, pretty much, like, if you're going to be a competitive heavyweight, mm-hmm. you need to have leg attacks. So I was never, like, I'm just going to underhook and squeeze and just whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, when I first, you know, I was smaller. So I was, I was always, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a small heavyweight. I didn't know if I could ever get as big as I am now. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I was always thinking, like, you know, I'm going to have to be quick. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to have to be low single guy. I'm going to have to be hit, get the corner. I'm never going to be, like, a underhook or, like, open double just kind yeah. of guy. I never thought that I could be as big as I am now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, first, when I first went heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... When you started out, you weighed, you wrestled 120? My my freshman, freshman year in high, high school. school. I, oh. So, you know, before before I wrestled, I started wrestling seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Before before I wrestled, I was like about 30, like kind of chubby, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was on the, I played football. I was on the line. Yeah. I was offensive line <laughs> on the football team. 130 pound yeah. offensive lineman. And then, you know, the next year I started wrestling. Small. Yeah, I started <laughs> wrestling, and I lost a bunch of weight. You know, just just from like all the cardio and stuff. Yeah. You know, I and then I, I you know, year before I was one thirty. My first year of wrestling, I wrestled one hundred and three pounds. Oh, really? Yes. And not really even like trying. Mm-hmm. Like it was just we were doing so much cardio, so much all this stuff. Yeah. That I had never done before. That you know, I dropped down. I was one hundred and three pounds. And then, you know, then I, so I wrestled 103 in uh, seventh grade and then 115 in eighth grade and then 120 my freshman, mm-hmm. my freshman year of high school. See, so, yeah, I was just a little guy. Dang. And so then you grew 120, 138. Yes. And then finished out your career at what? 220. 220 in the heavyweight. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was freshman. Wow. 138 so, to 220? Yeah. Well, it was, it was 120, 138. 182. Oh, 182. So 138 to 182, and then 220 and heavy. Well, just 220. Okay. Yeah. That's a big jump, 138 to 182. Yeah. Hit a growth spurt or what? Yeah, I got I got a few inches taller, and it was just like puberty. Yeah. Like me and my dad's like six foot three mm-hmm. and pretty jacked. And when I when I was 138, I was like real skinny, like kind of lanky. I was really into running. Yeah. Uh, oh running, yeah. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> So I was just, I was shrinking my body down. I was, I was fighting like my genetics, like my body, ah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, after every weigh-in, my body would just shoot up. Like I'd be like 10 pounds over. Yeah. And I'd be like, coach, I can't, <laughs> I can't make it. Yeah. Like even with the two pounds, because, you know, in high school, 
you know, after Christmas. After Christmas, you get two pounds. Yeah. I'd still be 10 over. Yeah. And my coach would be like, you're just not eating right. <laughs> and I'm like, coach, I'm telling you, I need to go 148. I'm too big. And he's like, no, you're going, you know, 138. We need you 138. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the year, I was, you know, like a couple weeks later, I was 160 pounds. Dang. Like literally, I was like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks after season, I was I went from 138 to 160, and then you know over the you know over that summer I got up to like 200 pounds. And I was eating a lot and lifting a lot, but mm-hmm. like nothing crazy. Yeah, it was just my body was just like it's time to grow. Boom. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You say that yeah. you were fighting your body grow. I, I think unfortunately that happens quite a bit in wrestling where yeah. they, they fight because they whether they have to get in the lineup yeah. or whatever. They cut too much weight. Oh, yeah. Um, looks like you took the alternate route, yeah. Well, a lot of times, it's a fear thing. Hmm. And I, I even had the same, like, the same thing. What do you mean by that? So, like, I remember when I, when I went from 138 to 182, the first tournament I wrestled, I looked across at the guy, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. This guy's a monster. Why is he so big? Like, why, why am I having yeah. to wrestle this guy? Like, I'd look across and be like, whoa. Like, this guy's huge. I can't possibly wrestle this guy. Mm-hmm. He's huge. But then, you know, I have to think to my, you have to think to yourself, okay, I am this big too. Yeah. So it's, it's scary in your mind mm-hmm. a lot of the times to be like, you know, I was 138, and now I'm going to wrestle 182. Yeah. Or, I'm, you know, even like... In much smaller cases, just going up one weight class, like in college, like going from twenty fives to thirty threes or thirty three forty ones, it it can be intimidating to you know have to wrestle bigger people. Yeah, and then sometimes you might think to yourself, you know, maybe I'll lose my advantage. You know, I maybe I'm really big for the weight class, but I'm killing myself to get down. Yeah, and hampering you know hampering my performance. Maybe I would do better at a higher weight class, but maybe the guys are really big, yeah. you know. So it's a lot of people cut weight out of fear. You know, that's that's a big component, especially in high school. Like, if you're the stud guy and you're calling the shots, maybe yeah, you might just cut weight out of fear instead of just going up where you easily could. Like, if you're the hot shot guy in your high school team, you could wrestle whatever weight class you want. But lots of guys still cut down just <laughs> out of fear, you know. That's interesting. Did is that what you did to get to one thirty eight, or did you just no? That, that was it. Was more of like well, in the beginning of the season that I was I weighed about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like you know I was like one hundred and forty five, one hundred and fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know seven you know seven ish pound cut for yeah. me to get down. So it was no big deal. But by I mean I grew two inches in the season, uh-huh. two inches of height. Yeah, and then you know. My body was just, I could feel it. I was like, after every weigh-in, my body, like, I would drink water, and it was like, my body was a sponge. <laughs> and then over over Christmas break, I would just yeah. swell up. I'd be working out, like, I'd have to do extra workouts, like, in the plastics, the yeah, sauna suit, yeah. all that mm-hmm. crap. Just dying, trying to cut myself down. Dang. And, I mean, I'm being a little dramatic. Mm-hmm. I am being a little dramatic. Like, it wasn't. I wasn't dying. Right, right. But it, it was hard. Yes. It was yeah. very hard. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the beginning, it wasn't too hard. You know? <laughs> it was just my body was like, I need to get there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. So growing two inches in season. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was a bean sprout. I was right. Just, mm, get, get <laughs> I'm like my freshman year, I was like five foot five. Mm-hmm. By the end of my high, by the end of high school, I was like six foot. Wow. 
So I was, I was growing. Yeah. I was growing, baby. Um, and so it, it showed also um, with the weight class, you got up to 220. And is that when you got second or not second? You got fifth at state that year? I, my junior year. Okay, so at 184. So one, 182, 182, I got fifth place. And then my senior year, I, I won it. You won it? Yeah. It's a nice progression. Yeah. As you said, you started wrestling in seventh grade? Seventh grade, yeah. And skinny jeans? Skinny jeans. <laughs> skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. I had nothing else. Yeah. You, you know, know, that's not uncommon. Yeah. You know, like, first practice, you don't know what to wear. Yeah. Yeah, I just, at the time, I was into, like, BMXing yeah. and motocross. And, you know, that was just, that was, like, my vibe. Yeah. I was, you know, long hair is some kind of t- <laughs> some kind of T-shirt, like, yeah. brand, some kind of. BMX brand yeah. t-shirt or something, a Monster Energy yeah, t-shirt, yeah. whatever, whatever, and then some skate shoes and skinny yeah. jeans. That was just, you know, that was just what I wore. Yeah. And so when my buddies, they all convinced me to go, you know, <laughs> to go come out to wrestle. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a weird sport. I don't like the little singlet. I don't know about that. Yeah. But, you know, eventually they peer pressured me mm-hmm. and I came out and, you know, I didn't, I didn't own a pair of athletic shorts, I think. Really? I don't think I did. I, mean, I, I can't think of any instance where I would have worn athletic shorts, even in PE class. <laughs> I'd be wearing, I'd be wearing the jeans. <laughs> I was obnoxious. I'd be, I'd be looking like a dork running the mile in skinny jeans. My, I'd be, I'd be running hard. <laughs> I, I ran like a five fifty mile or some crap in skinny jeans <laughs> and some skinny shoes. <laughs> And then I and then I'd be sweating my ass up, and then you just go right into Pete. You go into you know math yeah. class. I can't believe I did that. It's so weird. Like I would never do that yeah. now. I would never even consider running a timed mile, sweating, dripping sweat, and then going into class. Yeah, like, that's so gross. Yeah. That every, we all do it. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. yeah, everybody does it. It's gross. That's a pretty fast mile, by the way. Yeah. I mean. But I was little. Still. I was like 110 pounds. Still in skinny jeans and, you know, shoes. I, shoes, yeah. I get, I get shin splints up. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you started, you started out in seventh grade was your first. Yeah. First time. And yeah. And I was getting my butt whooped. Yeah. I was little, fragile, mm-hmm. weak. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. But I mean, I, tr- I tried my best. Yeah. And I thought it was fun. Like, even though I was getting beat up, there was never, well, not never. Mm-hmm. There were times where I was like, ah, this kind of sucks. But yeah. I always thought, like, you know, this, I, I could, I could potentially do something. I could get better. You know, there was always like a light at the end of the tunnel for me. Even though I would, you know, especially like the first year, I mean, I, my first year, I lost to a girl. <laughs> You know, she, yeah. you know, is, and we were, she was a little bit bigger than me to cut myself some slack and she was older than me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was like times where I was like, ah, this does, this sport's kind of tough. Like this kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine seventh grade guy, you go out there, lose to a girl, your buddies aren't going to be very, <laughs> very yeah. nice to you about that. Yeah. There was a girl that won, <laughs> she won my... One of my brackets, I forget if it was USA State or something. Yeah. Yeah, she won my bracket. Yeah. I didn't get a wrestler. <laughs> she would have she whooped me. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But uh, I can Especially get, at that age. Yeah. 
When she was a monster. Oh, she, she could was good. Scrap. Yeah. She put it on me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I need to get off this mat. <laughs> this chick's beating my ass. <laughs> what made you stick with it? Because, I mean, you said it was fun. Yeah. What made it fun? I mean, at first, probably the biggest thing was just my like my buddies. Yeah, like my buddies were all on the team, and I was like, "Gosh, if I quit, I'm gonna look like a total pansy." Yeah. So that was like the, that was like the first thing, and then I just I just really liked just like the like just working out. I liked. Mm. I liked the wrestling. I liked like the camaraderie. I liked like the we go on bus the bus trips. Yeah, like I remember yeah. like that's that was like the most fun thing like at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, I get to go on the bus with my boys. We're gonna talk smack. We're gonna goof off. Yeah. Like, all that all yeah. that stuff was like the that was like the fun thing yes. for me at first. Mm-hmm. But then like once I got into high school, I was like, I really got into lifting, mm-hmm. like lifting you know for wrestling. And then I just I just liked working out. I liked like the like just trying to figure out like you know what could I do better? You know what could I you know you know last last time I got taken down like this? Maybe if I do this, I could not get taken down. Mm-hmm. And then I, I would like you know watching people who I thought that were better than me. Like I'd go on YouTube and I just watch. Really? I'd just watch. Oh, this guy's a monster! I'd, mm-hmm. I'd watch him and then I'd go to practice. I'd practice like the the stuff that yeah. he did. You know, I was like, oh, maybe like. And then it was just, <coughs> you know, it was like that. I was just like, I just, you know, there's so many things I I want to work on. So many things, and yeah, it was just like the, like just trying to get better. Like that's what really like. You know, after like the initial, just like hanging out with my buddies, mm-hmm. just the lifting, the just trying to get better. That's what really like really drew me in. And you say you there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Did you know what was at the end of the tunnel? No, you just were going towards the light, and yeah, I was just like, I could I could do better. Mm-hmm. I always thought, you know, I don't know how good I can do. I don't know like what my genetic potential is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what like my you know what what's my ceiling. I don't know. And I think really nobody actually knows what their ceiling is. Mm-hmm. Very few people you know pursue it long enough to really you know find out what the what is the absolute best best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll off topic. But uh, That's right. I just you know I even when I was getting I was getting beat. I was losing to chicks. I was you know I was. I was getting beat up, yeah. and like most of the matches, if I won a match, especially starting out, you know, it was it was a barn burner match most of the time. I was just like, gosh, you know, there's, I'm figuring it out though. And then I, you know, I beat a guy who maybe had beaten me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, there's proof, you know, concrete evidence that I am improving. Yeah, I am better than I once was. I beat him. You know, and then the next year I'd beat a guy at a higher level and I was like, okay, there we go. There's a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then my record would improve a little bit, you know, and then I, you know, I do, I place higher at a tournament and it was like, okay. And I was just following the light, the light at the end of the day. I was like, I could just keep getting better. And that, that was, it was addictive, really. I was like, gosh, if I just keep going, Mm -hmm. eventually I will get better. Yeah. And that was my whole thing. I was like, I know I, if I just keep applying myself, keep doing what everybody's telling me to do, keep surrounding myself with people who are better than me, people who beat me, eventually I'm going to be beating them or I'm going to be, you know, at least on their level. Because if you hang out with, hang out with winners long enough, 
you're going to become a winner. Mm-hmm. And same if you hang around with a bunch of loser dorks, you're going to be a dork. Yeah, <laughs> you loser. Know? Yeah. Gosh, that's that's just some interesting stuff because a lot of times you talk to high level athletes, high level, yeah. you know, wrestlers. They have a goal. Their goal is to be national champ yeah. or this or that. Yours just seems to be to get better. Yeah. And that is so simple. Yeah. But it's so powerful because, like, that's really what it boils down to. That's all what it's about. Yeah. Just getting better. And, like, you know, when, when you start wrestling, when, you know, when, when most people start a sport, mm-hmm. they're like, you know, oh, I think I could be good at that. Yeah. You know, uh, I th- you know, I think I could. And then maybe they start playing and they're like, I could do better. And then, and then people like to throw stuff in there that way overcomplicate it. Yeah. Because you can't actually control the results. I, I can't control if I'm going to actually be a national champion. Would that be nice? Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff's going to have to go my way. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to go bad for some people. Yeah. And it's going to have to go really good my way for, for me to become a national champion. Yeah. But, you know, I can't control that. What I can control is my effort. I can control, you know, what I do in practice. I can control the people that I'm around. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I can control. And that's what I focus on. I want to focus on, okay, improve my technique, get a little bit better, you mm-hmm. know, every yeah. day, getting better, getting better, yeah. getting better. Mm-hmm. And I just want to find out how good can I possibly be at wrestling? Like, what is, what's my ceiling? What's the absolute best version of Christian Lance that that exists in the universe? Mm -hmm. I want that to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. I'm going to I'm going to (laughs) wrestle until either the wheels fall off (laughs) or I'm the I'm the best that I I can't get any better, Mm -hmm. which probably won't. You mean it probably the wheels will probably fall off. (laughs) Right. The wheels will fall off before I'm like satiated before I'm Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I can't get any better. You know, yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate like thing that ha- that's like the that's like the one downside to that like perspective. Mm-hmm. Where you know, if somebody sets a concrete goal, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you either get it or you don't. Yep. yep. But if if you set a more open ended goal, like, yeah, I just want to be the best that I can be. Lots of times, you it's it can almost seem like it's a never ending chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I do think it's, I do think it's more. I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's better for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than, than no set, setting like a, a concrete goal, just being. I mean, and I do have, I do have like, like that's my macro goal. Right. Like my overarching goal. Mm-hmm. Be the absolute best version of myself. Mm-hmm. But I do have like, you know, short term goals. Like mm-hmm. I, I like all American. Yeah. That's a short term goal that I think is attainable. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just what seems fun to me. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's why I came to Nebraska because I want to be the absolute best that I could be. I want to, I wanted to train with Olympic champion Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like put my hands on the guy, but I'm in his presence. Yeah. I'm in the presence of the best. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm with multiple time world medalist Turvell. I'm hanging around with the best, you know, my coaches, all of them, all Americans, national champions, animals. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I'm around is they've either surpassed what I want to do or, you know, they're currently doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's 
it's a good good group of people to be around for sure. Yeah, and you, you said it earlier that when you surround yourself with winners, you know you'll you eventually become one. Absolutely. And that's what it seems like you have done over your career. I mean, you started out um, a little slow, like everybody does when they first pick up a sport. You eventually just kept getting better. You won state. Then you went off to Fort Hayes State, Mm -hmm. Division II, um, national qualifier. Mm -hmm. Then you transferred in to Nebraska. Um, So it just seems like every step of the way, you just kind of keep keep getting better yeah. like you're saying and it's working right. yeah and Trying you said you know it works for you and that's that's the big thing i think is what works best for you a lot of people still get into the habit of i want to do this i want to be a national champion and they get that mindset and maybe that doesn't work best for them yeah you, know? you just it can overcomplicate things because mm-hmm. when everybody first starts they just want to let's just see how, how good we, i can be yeah like, I, right. just wanna, I just want to find out and then, you know, you start throwing stuff in there and it just, it overcomplicates things. Yeah, it puts too much pressure exactly. on the result exactly. of winning. And you're just saying, like you're saying, the result is what it is. It, I can only control so much. Exactly. If I go out there and I know that I worked my ass off and I still, you know, I still got beat. Well, exactly. I mean, if you put winning or losing on a pedestal, it puts way too much pressure on that. And you wrestle tight. Yeah. And I mean, if if you're just insanely good, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you're just the man, whatever, you're just gonna win. But if you're not just the man and you you're not just born with it and you have to work really, really hard, mm-hmm. no, you have to you have to you have to think perfectly. You have to be able to put yourself in a mindset where you can wrestle free. And putting winning and losing on a pedestal that is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. That binds you up. That makes it so you're you know, every move that you every move that you do, every step that you take is pressure, pressure. Yeah. So my oh, what if I lose? What if I don't win? Yeah. It's just so much so much is on the line. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you know, if you win or lose one match, it's probably not gonna change that much. Yeah. So you should be able to wrestle free. Mm-hmm. You should be able to go out there and send it and do your hit your best stuff. And then if you send it as hard as you can, you hit him with your best stuff, and then he beats you, okay, he's just better. Mm-hmm. And that's just the bottom line sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes guys are just better. <laughs> yeah. But the answer is not, you know, close up and just, oh, hope I win somehow. We'll try to figure it out. Yeah. Like if, if – you know, I want to see how good I am at wrestling. I want to hit wrestling moves and <laughs> yeah. see if they work. You know, <laughs> I don't want to win one point, ride out triple overtime, never, you know, never hit a yeah. match. That's freaking lame. Mm-hmm. Like, let's send it. Yeah. Like, let's get out. <laughs> Where did that mindset come from? I mean, is that something I know we talked about your dad before we started recording that he was just nose to the grindstone type of guy. I mean, is that just something he brought to the table for you and your mom too, or I wouldn't say particularly my, like my parents, Mm -hmm. because they've, they've definitely had more of like a hands off approach Mm -hmm. with my, with my wrestling career. Like they've been super duper supportive, both of them. And I wouldn't be able to, you know, be where I'm at if it wasn't for them. They've Mm -hmm. supported me, you know, throughout the entire way. But like from a technical, like wrestling perspective, 
I wouldn't say that they've like contributed too much because neither of my my dad played high school football, mm-hmm. but my mother never played a single sport in her whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have very much to offer yeah. from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And my, you know. My dad never wrestled. No one in my family wrestled. No one in my family has any combat sport experience at all. So it's it's very foreign to them. So they've mm-hmm. always been super supportive. But from a technical perspective, they haven't offered me too much. Yeah. Not to <laughs> not to like harp on no, that. No, no. Yeah. They do the best they can. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But uh, oh, I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it's like Travell. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a perspective that he has as well. And, you know, he's... That's a lot of, I, you know, if, if you did this podcast with Travell, yeah, and then you did it with me, it'd probably sound pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the stuff I'm saying is just quotes from him. Yeah. That I just, I, he tells me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the smartest thing I've ever right. heard. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm get, you know what? That's what I'm thinking. That's the way I'm thinking. So, you know, I mean, a lot of it's from him. And a lot of it's just like <laughs> throughout the years, you know, what I have found that works for me. You know, if 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 I if I put way too much pressure on myself, because some people do that. I did that. So, some yeah, pe- I was like, yeah, that was me. Some people, but and then some people do well. Some people will be like, this this match is life or death. I have to win or it's done. My family dies if I lose this match. Mm-hmm. And then some people go out there and do well. But for me, that was not the case. That's absolutely not the case. Mm-hmm. If I'm like. I got to win or else, or else my life is over. If I don't win this match, you know, and I would, I would be like that a lot. And then every time I was like that, I would be very hesitant. You know, I, I would, my shot count was super low. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I'd clamp up, I'd grab and hold and then I'd hope they shoot and I'd capitalize, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if I can go into a match with, you know, my mind is free and I'm just, I'm just like, I want war. I want a war. Mm-hmm. I want to scrap, and I want to see who's tougher. I want to see whose wrestling moves are better. If I can go into a match thinking that, I know that I can produce good wrestling. I can make stuff happen. I can do well. Yeah. But if I, you know, if the opposite occurs, it's just, <laughs> I don't even want to, I don't even want to watch myself. <laughs> yeah. Like when I do that, and I, you know, I, and I wrestle all stiff, I'm like, <laughs> get that out of you. Yeah. I don't even want to think about it. Did you, so you, you have wrestled like that. It seems like yes. before, um, my coach, <laughs> yeah, when, when I was at, when I was at Fort Hayes, my, my coaches and like my teammates, they call me the decisionator. <laughs> why, why? Because, <laughs> because the thing was like, I, I could wrestle, like I could really wrestle. Like I, I had good shots. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't, I would not do it. I would be like, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to get one good one, and then boom. And then I'm going to win by one takedown. You know, I, I'd get a low single early. Boom. Take him down. All right, I win. And that, that was, like, my thing. Yeah. It's like my defense has always been super good, and I've all, you know, ever since I became heavyweight, I was, you know, pretty big and strong guy. I was like, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to get one takedown, and then I'm, I'm going to dance around. Yeah. I'm going to ride you out a little bit, and then I'm going to win. And it was just, it was lame. It was so lame. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and I, it would make me feel irresponsible as a heavyweight, too. Because people are always talking smack on heavyweight, being boring, 
And you know, nobody wrestles at heavyweight. They can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. They're all big and fat. They don't do that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm contributing to that stereotype. I am being boring. <laughs> yeah. When I don't have to be. Like, I have moves. I can do stuff. Yeah. But I would go out there and I'd like snatch single. Uh, okay, I win. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't do anything. So I was just like, I'm just gonna. And I've, I've, it's taken a long time mm-hmm. and a lot of like mental reps in my mind to figure out like I just need to go out there and boom, I'm gonna scrap. And if I lose, okay, but I'm just gonna send it. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and I just feel like that's the best, that's the best place to be for for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too much pressure. You know, if mm-hmm. I win. Cool. If I lose, well, that's kind of a bummer, but mm-hmm. I'll be all right. Yeah. My family will still love me. <laughs> yeah. You know, my girlfriend will still love me. Yep. Everybody, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. My friends, no one's going to, I'm not going to be exiled mm-hmm. from, I'm not going to be excommunicated from the wrestling team if I lose <laughs> this match. I'll be all right. Yeah. And then if I go down swinging too, you know, that people will probably respect that more yeah. than if I lose like a one point match where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to have that mindset, especially at heavyweight, where typically you are the last match. Yeah. So sometimes the duel does come down yeah. to you. I mean, that's that is a lot of pressure. Like, oh, yeah. sometimes you know, at one twenty-five, you know, if you're Liam Cronin, yeah. Whether you win or lose, eh, yeah. You know, it still matters. But when you come down to the duel, and it's Christian Lance has yeah. to win for us to win. It's hardcore. Yeah. How do you? I mean, you still bring that mindset into it. Where I, I mean, I try. Yeah, I try. And like, the the thing is, I always tell myself like, it's not my fault that this this is the score of this duel. Mm-hmm. And my my second year here, we dueled Penn State and we lost, but it came down to me. It was 15-15. I think I was at that duel. Was that with the Rays? Yes. That was here in Nebraska. Yes. 15-15. Comes down to heavyweight. Mm -hmm. Beat Penn State. Returning national champions. I was in the back freaking, I was wired, man. I was ready to, but I was like, this, if I win, I live. If I lose, I die. Like, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, and the coaches came back. They grabbed me by my shirt. They're like, come on. Yeah, you've yeah. got to, you've got to win this. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, I was like that, and I went out there. Mm, I was like a robot, stiff. Yeah, you know, I didn't produce any like good wrestling. I got rode out by a guy that normally I would just, I'd be out. Yeah, but I was just, I was stiff. And then third period, I can't. I took a shot. And I, I think I got spun around. And then I get out, and I'm like coming after him, coming after him. But it's too late, and I lose. And then we lose the duel. And I, I was just like, I was so angry at myself because I knew not only could I have won, but I could have, I could have been the hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have been Christian Lance. You know, he beats Penn State. Right. He wins. And if I, and like looking back on it, if I could have just like just chilled out, chilled out, just be like, okay, you know, it does, you know, the winner of this wins a duel, but, you know. It's the everybody leading up to this. It's also their responsibility. It's not just me. Yeah, you know, I just put so much pressure on myself. I went out there stiff as a board, and I lost. Yeah, and I, I don't even like to look at that match. Yeah, not because I lost, 
Because there's matches that I lose that I'm like, okay, you know, I still wrestled well. Yeah. That match, I wrestled like a complete idiot. And I was just like, gosh. And I, just, I think like that's like a prime example of the exact mindset that I don't want to have. It was I put so I had the weight of the I was like Atlas mm-hmm. holding yeah. the holding the world above my head, mm-hmm. and it when in reality it wasn't the case. I lost. We lost the duel. Oh, okay, I was sad for a couple days, oh, but then I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that big of a yeah. deal. Yeah, it's just a wrestling match. But to me, in that moment, yeah, it was life or death. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. Because it's not the case. Yeah. It's not the case. And then, you know, the next year, same situation. 15 to 15 against Wisconsin. I was just going to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that was almost arguably an even bigger. I mean, because the, the they were honoring Christian. Weren't they honoring Christian Miller at that yeah. goal? So, you know, you had the late Christian Miller who tragically passed yes. in a car accident. And then they were honoring him at that duel. And, yeah, it came down to you. And you yes. were wrestling Trent Hilger, who Trent was – yeah. And yeah, I mean he's a tough guy. He's, yeah. He's, you know, at least accolades wise much better opponent than the the Penn State guy mm-hmm. that I was having to wrestle. And I just I told myself I was like this is it. This is destiny. This is happening and you know, I can do this. And I just I just I sat in the back. I just took deep breaths. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, chill out. I told myself because sometimes I, you know, I get all worked up, but I was like, I'm there's, it's not going to be a problem of me being too worked up. I need to bring myself down and I need to just take it easy, take some deep breaths, go out there and just whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to send it. And that's what I did. I took him down right away. And then I think I wrote him for like 10 seconds ish, cut him, you know, stopped a bunch of his shots And then it was a weird thing that happened in the the third period Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's a good top wrestler. So I I looked at the coaches and I was like, should I go neutral? And then the ref's like, neutral. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. I was just asking them. And then I I even like walked over to the edge. I was like, I was asking them. And then the ref's like, neutral. And then my coach is like, no, he wants to go down. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going down. And the ref's like, nope, you said neutral. No and kidding. And I was like, dude, I'm going down. And, the, and, the, and then they, the Wisconsin bench is screaming, he's stalling. So I was like, forget it. Yeah. And, and I was, whereas like, you know, normally, you know, in that situation, I may have like panicked. My heart rate would have spiked up. Oh, I didn't get to yeah, go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. You know, there's a, there a wrench in the mix. You know, my plan, it's thrown off my plan. But I was like, I was able to just chill out. And bring it down. Mm-hmm. And then I, I took him, you know, I, I was real close to taking him down in regulation. I took him down in overtime. But, you know, I was, I just told myself, I was like, I'm just going to send it. I want, this is what I want. I want to war. Let's go to war. Let's see who's better. Let's see whose wrestling moves work better. Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, I'm just going to scrap. Yeah. And that's what I did. And, I, and it was just... It was a much better situation. Yeah. And the result, obviously, was also better. Yeah. How were you able to calm yourself down in that moment? I mean, it, it's easy to say, yeah. you know. For sure. You should do it or this is yeah. what you need to do. But in that moment, I mean. I think one of the big things and one thing that, you know, our athletic trainer, Tyler Weida, he always talks about is breath control. Mm-hmm. 
like proper breath control is one of like the biggest things to be able to like positively or negatively manipulate your heart rate, which your heart rate is what's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like when you're <clears throat> before a match, you're freaking out, your heart rate spiked. Yeah. You need to bring that down. You need to bring it down to, you know, whatever is your normal. So I would just, I'd focus, I'd take deep breaths, deep breaths, deep in nose insul- inhalations mm-hmm. and, you know, mouth exhalation. Just. <sighs> yeah. And you'd hold it and just. And I just, yeah. and I bring my heart rate down and I just tell myself, take it easy. You know, this, it is a big deal, but whatever happens, you know, it's going to happen and you'll be all right afterwards. Yeah. Whereas normal, I mean, for years and years, I was just, I was so tensed up. Mm-hmm. And when I look back and think of like my worst performances, that's always the case. Yeah. I'm always like, come on, got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. With life or death, it needs to happen. Yeah. When it's, I mean, it's not the case. It doesn't need to happen. Yeah. You know I mean? It'd be nice for it to happen. <laughs> yeah. I want to win, obviously, oh, yeah. but if it doesn't happen, it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, yeah. I was just thinking about that when you're telling me the story about, uh, who'd you write? Was it Seth Nevels, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, geez, we, we, we got to end on a good note here. Yeah, I yeah. knew you came back around and, you know, and another time I uh, came back and won. So that is a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's tough to to deal with all that especially as a young adult yeah you know um and it's coming in as and i I always that's that's what i always say it's like it does you know the score comes down to heavyweight but it's not my sole responsibility Mm -hmm. like in that duel against penn state there was like i mean i could think off the top of my head three instances where guys gave up late scores like you know a guy got pinned with like 10, 10 seconds left where he would have lost a decision. If that doesn't happen, we win. You know, in one of the lighter weight classes, a guy gave up a takedown with 10 seconds left. If that doesn't happen, we win. Because it was, it was 18 to 18, I think. Mm-hmm. Or 19, 18. Something like that. I yeah. don't know. But it was like there was, there was all these instances where, you know, there was like seconds where if, the, if it would have gone our way a little bit, we, you know, we would have won. Mm-hmm. So it did come down to heavyweight. Yeah. But it was a whole team effort. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, lots of guys killed it. That's why it was so close. Yeah, to true. National champions. But, you know, also there's guys who just, you know, like myself who just, you know, couldn't get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just the, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, so you came back. This is your, I just want to touch on this. You yeah. came back. You're, you graduated in May. Yes. And was it really even a thought? No. No? No. No. That is all. No. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't even a question in my mind mm-hmm. if I was going to come back. I was like, I mean, like I said, I'm going to be in it till the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they give me another year of eligibility, I would do it because I freaking love it. Yeah. I love the, like the, the grind, people like the grind. Yeah. That's, that's like my favorite part. I love just like when you're all tired and you kind of don't want to do what you do it anyways. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel it makes me feel very fulfilled in my heart. It's just a very good feeling for me. Mm -hmm. It's the the best for me. Like in my, you know, in my adult life, 
you know, in, in this, in this, the, the period of time that I've spent on earth, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling that I've ever incurred. It makes me feel so happy, so good. And I would wrestle until it, you know, until the wheels yeah. fall off. So yeah, it was like not even a question. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. The coach was like, you going to come back next year? <laughs> Duh. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> so what steps did you have to take to come back? I mean, really, all it was, I just had to, I had to enroll in grad school, and then I just so had you to, had, did you have to get accepted? Yes. Okay. But so it was, it was, I mean, it was a non-issue because, okay. I mean, I had a decent GPA. Yeah. Like, not, nothing to write home about, but I had, like, a 3.0. Yeah. And it was, it was plenty to, like, get into the classes that I was, that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was no big deal. Okay. To get in. And then from now you're just you said you're taking just some yeah no it's non degree seeking okay it's called po- post back non degree seeking hmm. okay so pretty much pretty much it's I mean it's just whatever class I want to take mm-hmm. because I you know this is my last year so this is my last year on scholarship obviously because mm-hmm. last year of eligibility so next year. I would have to pay if I got my master's or started working towards my master's. I have to pay outright one hundred percent. Yeah, and I just I don't really have much money. Yeah, yeah. So I was, so, yeah. you know, and I don't have any academic scholarship or anything right. like that. So I was like, I just I just don't have the resources. Yeah, and, or or the desire. Yeah, I just don't want to to get a master's. So I was like, I'm just going to do this post back non degree seeking thing. Mm-hmm. And just, I just pretty much just take whatever classes sound fun. I take yeah. a lot of history classes. Oh, yeah. A lot of like medieval Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking some like uh, ancient Asian history class. Yeah. And the history of rock and roll. Ah, hey, I took that class. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool class. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody's taking that. Yeah, class. I know. Whatever I tell people, like, I took history of rock and roll. Like, why is that that class? Yeah. <laughs> I took that online. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was easy money. Yeah, was, easy yeah. money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's kind of cool. You just kind of taking. Do you have to? You have to be full time. I assume so twelve credits. Nine. Oh, nine. Since it, since it's grad school, grad school's not only okay. nine. Okay, but I mean it's, and they're all online. Oh, so you do too, you do all online. All online. Wow. So it's all at like my pace too. So I don't have to worry about anything like you know, conflicting schedules. Yeah. Because it's you know if I if I know I have a meet coming up, I'm like okay, I'll just do the work, you know, at this time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the perfect situation yeah. for me. You know, at yeah. this at this stage, I could really focus on my training, focus on competition. Don't have to worry too much about school stuff. So, I mean, I have to I have to get it done. Of course. But it's. You know, it's it's not my main concern, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's gotta be a nice setup. Absolutely, I mean, nine credits leaves a lot of time to work out, especially all online. Yeah, and they're all like one hundred level classes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I think I was gonna take a bike packing class. A what? Bike packing. Bike packing. So like hiking. Yeah. Like backpacking. Yep. On a bike. <laughs> but then it, it would put me at 10 credits. And I was like, yeah, that does sound like fun. But it was Eric Schultz and I. Oh, he was going to take it? Yeah. He ended up I think it? he is going to take it. <laughs> but him and I were going to take it. And then we just thought it'd be fun. But I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to have to pay for a credit. I don't have to. I don't have to do it. Yeah. 
Because he graduated. Yeah, he's in the same. He's on the same on? same deal. Me, him, Liam Cronin, and Taylor Vance. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. We're yep. all in the same deal. Yeah. So do you guys like take the class, same classes? No, no, no. Because no. no, we're all like pretty different. Mm-hmm. Like in the things that we enjoy. Yeah. It's like the classes that Vens. I'm sure he's taking. I probably wouldn't like them. Yeah. Or the same with Cronin and I, we probably, we could figure out, but yeah. it's Schultz, he's kind of the same way. I don't think I'd like the classes yeah. he's taking. What other classes are you taking? Just history, really. History. history. You like history. Kind of. Yeah. I like entry-level history. <laughs> I don't think I'd like 500-level history classes. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, last year I took ancient European history, modern European history, and then history of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And this year I think I'm taking... And I have to. I haven't looked in a right. while. Yeah, right. But it's it's Got like school coming up. Ancient Asian history, <sighs> something else, and then I think like a a modern U.S. history. Okay. Just to touch up. Yeah. <laughs> Just to touch up. Do you have any? <laughs> to touch up. Any tidbits? You know, anything that you learned that you're like, ah, oh, this was kind of cool. Here's this. Oh Did you know God. this? Oh, they're oh frick. There was a story, mm-hmm. okay, in my ancient European history class okay. of this guy. <laughs> this guy's kind of a baller. Okay. okay? Really? I can't I can't remember his name or anything. But he so he's he's some, I think he's he's in England. Okay. okay. He's in what, what would become England. Okay. This is way back, way back. Yeah. And he's he's married to this woman. Okay. Okay. So he's married to this woman. And he, they're they're struggling financially. Okay. And th- this is like a, a testament to how crazy like the laws were back then. Mm-hmm. So him and his girl, his wife, they're struggling financially. So he's he tells her he's like, listen, I've been in contact with this princess lady. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how he met her. Okay. But he's like, I'm gonna go marry this princess lady. Okay, and his wife's like, "Duh, what? You know what yeah, the hell?" Yeah. And so, but he's like, "Listen, I'm doing this for us. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna go get us some money." And then so he he leaves his wife back in England or something, okay. wherever she is. Yeah. And then he sails, gets on a boat. Okay. And sails across the freaking ocean <laughs> to wherever, and then he meets up with this this princess lady. Mm-hmm. And then so the way that the laws were back then, you know, if you got a divorce, whatever the the woman owned, the guy gets to take. Oh. So so this guy had no money. <laughs> like he, he was struggling hard financially. Okay. And then so he gets in his boat. He leaves his wife, gets in his boat, and meets Princess Lady, who has a ton of money. And he marries her yeah. and then divorces her. <laughs> and then he divorces her. And, and then he takes all of his money and he goes back to his wife. So he's like, he told his wife, he's like, listen, I know we're struggling financially. I'll be back. Like, I'll be back in a couple of years. And then he goes, gets all this money and comes back. And I was like, this was in like a damn te- like a textbook the guy's reading. I was like, this guy is a baller. That is an incredible story. Wow. I need to find, like, the, I don't know, the guy's <laughs> name. I just remember reading this. I was like, wow, that's an amazing story. <laughs> I mean, 
Wow. And and that's why these classes are fun. Like, yeah. they, there's all types of stories like that where I'm just like, whoa, that's an insane story. And they but didn't it, it find is, out? They didn't? They, well, he, they found out? Well, he, what he did was fine. Yeah? Like, it, I get like, it, yeah. Like it, 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 it was according to the law. <laughs> But it was a test on how messed up the law was, like in and how you know far behind women's rights were, because it was really messed up what he did to the princess lady. Yeah. Like that was not cool on his part. Did he divorce his first wife or no? No. Well, I think I don't know. He probably technically didn't. Wow. Because, like back then. You know, this is this is also in, in the class that I learned of. Mm-hmm. Like that, they there didn't need to be a ceremony to be married. Like all that had to happen was like words of present, uh, like confirmation. So you couldn't be like, "I'm gonna marry you next week." <laughs> like that wouldn't count. Okay. But if you were like, if the guy said, "You know, I want to marry you," and then the woman would say something like, "I betroth you my troth." <laughs> My trough. I okay. think that's what she'd say. Okay. And it, it's something and the guy had his little thing he'd say, if they said that, you're married. <laughs> like no that's ceremony. It. You mm-hmm. didn't need to be ordained or whatever. Sign a piece of paper. No. It was just you want to get married, like right now, and the lady'd be like, I betrothed you my trough. <laughs> and then you're married. But that's it. That's it. So he, they probably did that, but didn't have like any ceremony or anything. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Hey, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> sails across the ocean on a boat and then marries princess yeah. girl. Princess lady just says, I betroth, what is it? I betroth you my troth. I betroth you my troth. I don't know how he pulled the princess lady first off. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know if she was a princess, but she, she had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like from a previous arrangement. She just, she had a lot of money. Maybe this guy was real handsome or something. He was a, he was <laughs> maybe, a, he was a lady killer back then. Wow. Well, um, I don't know what to say after that. That, that seems like a good good thing to kind of wrap up on. Um, Christian, the Big Tens are here at Pinnacle Bank. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. Go out there and scrap. Yes, scrap. Um, what, what what have you been saying? Let it fly. Let it fly. Let it fly. Or, <laughs> yeah. Send, send it. it. Send it. Send, send it, it, baby. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing you guys wrestle there. Look forward to another great year still to come. Like I said, you started 11-1. So, hey. hey. Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thanks for stopping by. and yeah, No problem. Good fun. luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. A special thanks to my guest Christian Lance and to Megan Straub for being a liaison and coordinating the interviews. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content and also be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care and we will see you next time.